0: Have you ever met someone and thought their job sounded cool? Or perhaps you're wondering how you can get to a position that doesn't seem to match
2: any of the qualifications you have at the moment? Well, if so, this podcast is for you. We found some people with jobs that you might not necessarily know about or expect people to have, and we're going to ask them about how they got there. Welcome to What Do They Do? A podcast about
0: jobs and how people got them. So I think the reason I wanted to make this podcast is that there have been numerous times in my life and recently as well, where I've chatted to someone, maybe at an event, or I've seen someone online that I haven't met and don't know anything about, but I think, oh, their job sounds really cool. Or the company they work for seems to be tackling like a really <laughs> a really interesting problem that I would want to help solve as well. And I've not been able to dive deeper because there hasn't been time or it's not the right forum to do it. And so for me, it's really just about being a bit nosy and understanding how did that person get there? You know, if I know something about their past where they used to do one thing, I can't quite figure out their journey in my head from there to where they are now. And so the podcast for me is a way to explore all the different ways that people can make it into different roles that they're in and i feel like i've taken a kind of unique journey but actually i think everyone takes a unique journey in their career and i'm not sure that a career could be defined in the same way now as perhaps it has been in the past
2: you you see nosiness definitely comes into my interest in this too but i feel it's from a slightly different angle so rather than like looking at people's jobs and fun and interesting, it's more about you know when you people watch so just see people walking on the street or various things like that i'm I find myself asking that question what do they do where it like when so if someone drives past in a particular car, I might be asking what do they do or if they're not really seeming to do much in the middle of the day or these kind of things um and I think I had a I Had a very traditional approach to my education and career up to a certain point. So, went to school, like you know, worked reasonably hard at school. Went to university after that with some reasonable grades, um, and followed that trajectory that's kind of expected. Um, and it's only more recently that I think I've discovered lots of other types of jobs that I didn't really appreciate how I'd, how I would get into them. I did a course, co- I did a civil engineering course, which was with a view to becoming a civil engineer. Yeah, you know, my course was my job. And obviously that's not the case for a lot of people who have done various forms of education that bear no resemblance to what they do directly. So my interest is about kind of, for those people that do jobs that I find a bit interesting or haven't followed that, that standard trajectory, what was their journey to get there? But in the same way, <laughs> an, an excuse to pin them down and ask them a few questions about what that journey looked like is exactly what. I'm hoping to get out of this. And who, if you could choose anyone in the world
0: to interview for what do they do, who would you choose?
2: Edit this bit out while I think about that question. I think it would have to be someone with a a job that I couldn't possibly figure out what the qualifications would be to get that job. Definitely around the people who have forged a new path sort of uncovered new ways of thinking. Um, I'm not going to answer the question directly, so maybe I need to go into politics, but there is a program called Abstract on Netflix and that is focused around design, but there's lots of different designers that they talk to. And the one that I found particularly interesting was people who design fonts and particularly this very famous font designer that I know I... I don't think I ever really appreciated that people designed them. If you stop and think about this stuff, clearly they've come from somewhere. So clearly that is a thing. But I just never bothered to think about it before. And I think that's the interesting bit of these actually stopping and looking at all the stuff that's produced. And somewhere along the line, there's a person whose job it is to think about these things, create these things. Those are the types of people I definitely like to sort of um speak to a bit more people who've doing those those really interesting tasks that maybe go unnoticed do love a good font mm. something about choosing a good pairing of
0: fonts for a website that can make all the difference if i think about a really poorly designed website or if i ask my mum to create a website she'd probably <laughs> knock something up that has like times new roman paired with arial And then a smattering of Comic Sans, maybe for some buttons or something. And it's amazing how
2: my son is is a big fan of the highlight, (laughs) so coloured highlights on the text, which is uh, I'm sure it's going to get its time again. (laughs) Actually,
0: I've seen a number of startup websites recently that do like a almost like an underline highlight. So it's Mm. it's like a line through the text that isn't under the text; it's on it, and it's a colour to make it stand out. But yeah, it's one of those things where there are definitely people out there producing and selling fonts and some just doing it for free, like there are in in most areas.
2: Um, There's a really, really interesting bit in it where the the tricks of the eye that you have to play into fonts. So whereas you might think that it has to be halfway down, that actually, no, if you do that, it's going to look all odd in certain letters. Like I I think it was a D, where a certain part has to be particularly thicker than you'd expect. Some real, some real tiny, minute details that make a font look right. Um, And particularly, they were focusing around making a new font. So he'd discovered these pocket watches in a store, and they have a particular font on. He's like, "What is that font? Who created it?" And they sort of made a series of fonts based on that. You know, there is a website called What the Font typing so, that into my browser right now.
0: Genuine thing. Used to use it. So I used to do a bit of design work. And if someone said, oh, I like the look of this website or this presentation or something like that, or they like the font somewhere, I would use that to figure out what the font is. And on most web pages nowadays, you can just look in the source code to understand what the font is because they're all served through the web. But yeah, a bit of a digression, but font designers is definitely one of those jobs where you just think, so does it take that long to design a font? <laughs> like, And it would do, right? Because if you really think about where you've got to start from and, and where you've got to get to and making sure, I think just the way fonts designed, if it, the way the fonts are designed for different things would also make a difference. If you're going to design a font that's always going to be the size of me to go on a billboard, then you probably need to be making different design decisions than you do if it's just going to be on a screen on a web page
2: you Um, mean they don't they don't just drag over an 11 point font and type in like six we we've all done that haven't we we've all done that when we're making like a happy birthday banner
0: (laughs) in in google docs or word and just like where it goes over six pages i think if i could choose anyone just in recent memory i would probably want to speak to a lady called kim scott I started reading her book recently. She has a book called Radical Candor, which is about effective management and giving and receiving feedback. And effective management, not just as a manager, but actually at any level, just managing other people in your day-to-day work. And she talks about how radical candor is important. And so actually it plays in a little bit to the other day, you're talking about my perfectionism and I me mean, oh,
2: think- uh, yeah i talked about it
0: and you were like what me exactly and me not i hadn't really accepted that before that point but it was that was radical candor like oh you know dean we're never going to get anywhere with this because you're a perfectionist and it's important that you said that because otherwise we might have never got to a point where we release a podcast and
2: but the beauty Kim- of you saying this right now is that what people obviously cannot see is that you have a pillow in front of you to make sure that the sound is as good as it can be so yeah you carry on talking about why you're not a perfectionist and i'll keep on watching you with your pillow i,
0: I just told you of it. i've accepted it and now i've over the last few weeks i've embraced it um or few days however long it's been but kim used to work at google and she reported into cheryl sandberg and she said she learned some of these tips from cheryl sandberg like um basically, it was a piece of feedback that Cheryl gave her that led her to understand radical candor and come up with it as an idea. And that for me is really interesting, because now she has a company where they consult, like on how to do this. And you would, I just wonder what the direction of her career was, and it had involved a lot of management. But it's that one piece of feedback that she received that made her think more deeply about it. And then she taught management at Apple. So I kind of already know her background because I've started reading the book. But at the same time, I would love to delve into whether she thought that she would end up doing this. Did she think that she would end up being a management consultant and talking to people about how to give and receive feedback?
2: One of the reasons we probably want to find out what people do is that nowadays that is more varied and it's not one thing. So if you ask someone, if you want to find out what they do, the answer might be several things. Great example of that was, um, I was at an event where the director who was kind of running the whole show from behind the sort of sound booth. So I suppose directing it, I don't know if that's the right term for her, but I went to speak to her in one of the breaks and Pretty much, you know, did ask, like, is this your, do you do this a lot? She actually turns out, she does several things. She was a primary teacher doing cover work. Then she'd also go fly off to events to do the directing for these events. Um, she also wrote her own stuff for something else. So it's just like, there were lots of different things. And I think that is much more the case these days, that people don't really define themselves by one particular job. So you ask them what they do. It it might be a variety of things Um, and whether all of those things pay as well. So talk about their 80, 20, which we'll figure out and we'll put a link to an official version in the show notes. Right. Um, That, that, you know, you can do a lot of things that don't pay because they're of interest, but who knows one day they might turn into something that pays a bit better. Um, I mean, if you talk, talk about YouTube as an example. I still look over my eight-year-old son's shoulder to some of the YouTube content that he watches and think, credit to you people for making that valuable Um, and kudos to them. So yeah, that's another reason. So on what do they do, I want to find out what type of things people are doing, whether it's for money or not.
0: That's interesting, isn't it? Because you might find people that do one thing for money because that allows them
2: to do the thing that they really want to do, which doesn't give them a revenue stream. In some careers, you've got to play the long game. Actors, probably a, an easy example of that where you you may get a break or you may not, and you've no idea when that's going to come. So you've got to have a lot of other stuff. I mean, you and I have done events where they've been um, brand ambassadors. So people that are just on that short term, temporary contract to come along to the event on the t-shirt of the brand and be the smiling wonderful face of that brand for a day two days maybe a few extra Um, and they're really interesting to get talking to because by and large they are actors they're musicians uh, and often their real interest is with careers that don't necessarily have a, a day rate you know regular sort of day rate and things like that so one there was a photographer and all of these things you know they may they may break at some point but They've got these fill-in jobs, um, but they actually found it quite interesting because they get to see a lot of different stuff going on anyway. So they get a good view uh, over what's going on in the world. Um, so again, like I suppose <laughs> all I'm doing here is turning what I would do in breaks at events of going up to people and being like, hey, what do you do? Uh, and turning it into a podcast.
0: And who do you think this podcast is for?
2: This podcast is for anyone that's looked around and wondered what people are doing and how they got there. Join us every two weeks when we release interviews with a variety of people and find out what it is that they do, the paid stuff, the interest, and what inspired them to make those choices along the way.